Welcome home. As you listen to New Life the Fort, may you continue to experience the fullness of joy, life, and Christ in the days ahead. John chapter 3, verse 16 to 17 in the Amplified Bible, it says, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world, that He even gave His one and only begotten Son, so that whoever believes and trusts in Him as Savior shall not perish, but have ever eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge and condemn the world, that is, to initiate the final judgment of the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. Father God, You see Your people here. You see all their needs. You see all their wants. You see all their dreams. You see all their desires. You see the state that they are in, their situations, their circumstances, their loved ones, Lord. I thank You that the words that's going to come out from my mouth, from this pulpit, will be the words that is exactly what they need today. As Jesus was moved with compassion when He saw the people, I declare that the words that I'll be teaching is anointed and given by the Holy Spirit to set people free, to open the eyes of the blind, to set at liberty those who are captives, to heal those who are hurting, and lifts the burden. This we declare. Jesus name amen 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 you may all sit down in the wonderful presence of our Lord <clears throat> hallelujah you know last week we talked about crazy for you and just a quick review pastors read it from Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 to 8 in the New Living Translation and you know God went to extreme lengths just to so that you can be with Him and He could be with you right here, right now. So that being you united with God is possible. And God being God, He did all these crazy things so that He can prove and demonstrate that He loves you. What are those five things? Number one, Jesus gave up His divine privileges. Jesus gave up His divine privileges. You know, the thing about Preaching the word is that one of the primary duties of the one preaching it is that by, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the minister should be able to show and reveal to the person listening in a way that the person can relate. So I'm going to use a couple of illustrations na na pwede kayong makarelate, you know, that we are things that we are familiar with because you know, God, because, you know, when you think about God, He's almighty, He's out there, He's, He's the omniscient, omnipotent being. But when we say that He gave up His divine privileges, somehow, for me, I don't know about you, somehow it doesn't, I can't quite relate. But when we talk about someone like, you know, living right here, right now, like, for example, Prince Harry, you know, Prince Harry, right? And you know that he got married a couple of months ago to a commoner. And it's like saying, okay, of course, it's, it's, um, it's a far comparison, but at least we get the picture that when you say that God gave up his divine privileges just so that he can be with you, it's like saying that Prince Harry gave up his crown, his throne, 
his uh, being the heir to the throne so that he could marry his, to the woman of his dreams. So Jesus, that's exactly what Jesus did. You know, Jesus gave up his crown, gave up his throne so that he can come down, so that he can marry you. He can marry the church. He can be with you. But you know, Prince Harry didn't do that, right? Number two, Jesus took on the form of a bondservant. What does bondservant mean? Bondservant is a servant by choice. A servant is simply your servant by, because you couldn't pay your debts. It's not by choice. But a bondservant is a whole nother level. A bondservant is that you, by choice, choose to be a servant. That's a bondservant. And it's like, picture this. You know, Prince Harry, instead, since he forsake his, let's just say, he forsook his uh, authority being the prince of, of uh, England, he chose to become one of the servants in the castle just so that he could be with his loved one, just so he could be with his bride. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He took the form of a bondservant so that he could be with you. Number three, he was born as a human being. You know, God, being in the form of God, he took on the form of a human being, just like you and I, so that you, we, we can never tell him, Lord, you cannot understand. You cannot understand what I'm going through. We can never tell him that because he became man. He became just exactly like you. He also underwent the things that you are going through right now so that he can represent you before the Father because he understands you. And the thing about it, the amazing thing about God, no matter what things in life that you are going through, he doesn't just understand it. But he took it to another level. He's done something about it. The thing that you're going on, that's going through your life, he doesn't just understand it. He's done something about it. Amen. Number four, he humbled himself in obedience to God. No other agenda but the Father's. It wasn't, what, it wasn't the agenda of Jesus. What the agenda of the Father, that was Jesus' agenda. So that's why... There's no other plan but God's plan. So that's what Jesus did. Number five, he died a criminal's death on the cross. Everything that we were supposed to pay for, we were the ones who were supposed to be on that cross. But Jesus replaced us. It's, that's why it's the great substitute. And he was the one who died and paid for our sins. Amen. So those are the crazy things that God did to demonstrate his love for you. Amen. And we're going to continue along those lines. We're going to continue along that love. In Romans chapter 5, verse 9, in the Passion Translation, it says, And there is still much more to say. Say, much more to say. Of his unfailing love for us, for through the blood of Jesus, we have heard a powerful declaration, You are now righteous in my sight, and because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. You know, like what the verse says, there's still so much more to say. Do you know that the Bible contains everything that you need in life? You know, uh, there's so much revelation there, you know, on even in 
in starting your own business, having godly relationships, being successful in life. Um, so many things. Everything you need, the answer is here. But do you know what is the most important thing about the Bible? It contains and reveals to you how much God loves you. There is no other more important thing than to know God's love. There's no higher theology than God's love. There is no greater truth than God's love. Don't be fooled. It may seem like, oh, we're just going to talk about God's love. Yes, we are. But actually, that's what you need to hear right now. That's what the world needs to hear right now, that God loves them. And we can never exhaust God's love. We can never get tired of talking about God's love because every moment of every waking hour of our lives, we need to be reminded that God loves us. Because the moment you go outside, there's the enemy always questioning God's love for you. When you look at your bank account, well, at least some of you, when you look at your, when you try to feel your body, when you look at your situation, it will remind you, it will try to remind you that God doesn't love you. But that's false. That's from the enemy. In fact, every situation, in every challenging situation, in every opportunity that presents itself as challenging, as troublesome, or a problem, the enemy will always use that opportunity for him to question God's love for you. Do you know that? That's the very first thing that the devil will try to attack. It's your confidence towards God's love for you. In fact, during the Garden of Eden, that's, you know, Satan doesn't change his tactics. I mean, that's the very first thing that the enemy tried to question in the heart of Adam and Eve. Because Satan tried to present God as someone withholding something from them. That's why, did God really say? Did God really tell you to do that? You know? And the question and the tactics of the, the enemy has not changed. In fact, you know, remember the time wherein Jesus told the disciples to go to the other side? And there was a great mighty storm that, that they encountered? What was the first thing that the disciples asked Jesus? In Mark chapter 4, verse 38, But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Perhaps some of you, if not all of you, at one time or another, have asked God that. God, don't you care? God, don't you care about my situation? God, don't you see what I'm, what I'm undergoing through right now? God, I thought that you love me. I thought that you care for me. I go to church. I pay my tithes. I pray. I read the Bible. How come I'm going through these situations? You know what? The enemy will try to make you doubt about God's love for you. Because the enemy knows that when you are established in the love of God, you will overcome any circumstance or difficult situation in your life. Amen? But the thing about love is that 
you know, the world has diluted the concept and the word of love so much so that even the church has been affected by it. What do I mean? Like, for example, we use it every day in, in everyday conversations. Like, uh, I love Nutella. I love chocolate. Uh, I love chocolate. I love the color green. I love my dog. Uh, I love that song. And then you use it every day so that it gets diluted so that when you hear God loves you, somehow parang it doesn't quite hit the mark. Wala masyadong dating. God loves you. God loves you. And all, all along in your heart, you equate God's love for you the way you would equate your love for God, your love for things, your love for your favorite thing. And that's why I'm here to tell you, to remind you, and bring the, the essence of that love, the true meaning of that love, because the world has diluted and even perverted love so much that even Christian people, they are not spared. We want to bring the word, the love, the God kind of love, its true meaning so that when we hear, when we read, and when the Holy Spirit reminds you that God loves you, it will impact your eternity. Amen? And there's this poem written by a foreigner uh, decades ago that speaks about the frustration of someone who wants to know about what it really means to, to be loved, what it really means, what is really love. You know, I'm going to read. I got to take a little time. A little time to think things over. I better read between the lines in case I need it when I'm older. Now this mountain I must climb feels like a world upon my shoulders. And through the clouds I see love shine. It keeps me warm as life grows colder. In my life, there's been heartache and pain. You know this, Ansel, right? I don't know if I can face it again. Can't stop now. I've traveled so far to change this lonely life. I want to know. <laughs> I was about to give it to Ebo so that he could sing it. I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I want to feel what love is. I know you can show me. Anyone know that song? Don't be shy. <laughs> Anyway, the title of that song is I Want to Know What Love Is, and it was written by a foreigner. In fact, the name of the band is Foreigner. <laughs> anyway, that's why it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, in this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. God knows that the world's concept of love is perverted. That's why Jesus came down and said, that's not the kind of love that I have for you. The kind of love that I have for you is this. Not that you love me, but that I love you. And I died and became the propitiation for your sins. We can never reach the level of God's love for us. So quit trying. What we can do is only simply to receive and respond to his love for us. 
so that in return we can love him. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 10, I think, we love him because he first loved us. Amen? Hallelujah. So, like I said, the title of our message for you to this morning is, I want to know what love is. So I'm going to give you five things that only the love of God can give you. Five things that only the love of God can give you. This will spare you a lot of problems. This will spare you a lot of heartaches and frustrations because you don't need to look at things that you will not find it there. You can, you can know and find the things that you're looking for in the love of God. And these are the five things. Number one, only God's love can give you satisfaction in life. Only God's love can give you fullness. How many of you know, remember what this year is all about? This year is the year of fullness. And perhaps some of you may be saying, wow, it's already August, but I haven't seen any fullness yet. Well, continue hearing. And this, I believe, will minister to you. And since time immemorial, man has been looking for satisfaction in what the world offers. There's fame, there's fortune, there's money, there's women, there's gold, there's, there's career. But you know, that's not where the place you can find fullness. That's not where the place you can find satisfaction. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 19, it says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, this is very important, being rooted and grounded in love, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. That means that's beyond knowledge. It's not something that is head knowledge. It's ginosko knowledge. It's it's experiential knowledge, something that you know, that you know, that you know. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's the key. You have to ginosko, experience the love of God. So that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Being filled with the fullness of God is every good gift and perfect gift that comes from above. That's healing that's success, that's provision, that's um, protection, that's restoration. But the love of God, experiencing the love of God goes first before the fullness of God. Some people get it, thought it's different, thought it's the other way around. They think that, Lord, I want to experience your love. Lord, I want to know your love. Lord, I want to understand your love by you receiving the breakthrough, by you receiving the prayer you've been praying for. It doesn't work like that. Those are simply fruits, fruits that God loves you. Those are not evidences of God's love. Blessings are not evidences of God's love. Those are simply fruits. What happens when the blessings are gone? Are you going to question God's love? 
God's love will always remain constant no matter what. It will always be there. Amen. Hallelujah. How much you believe God loves you will determine how much the blessing and the power of God can flow through you. And God's love will always carry you even if you cannot help yourself, even if God's love will have to carry you himself. That's God's love. That's being confident in God's love, not you being confident in your love for him. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, that's continuing from the scriptures that we read. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above more than we can ask or think according according it's like god has is built is uh, building a structure let's say a tower and the raw materials is the power that works in you if you don't have the power that works in you god has nothing to build himself with that's why he's able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think higit pa sa inaasahan mo at pinapangarap mo according to the power that works in you so what is that power it's the love of god it's the love of god that is how important for you to be established to be rooted and grounded in love so that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above more than you can ever ask think or imagine so you now understanding why satan will try to attack your confidence in god's love he will try to make you look at things that's going on around you he will try to remind you of the trouble you've had of the disappointments you've had thereby you losing focus in god's love for you so my question is, what promises of God are you holding on to? You know that faith works through love? There will be no room for doubts because, you know, God loves you. There is no fear in love because perfect love casts out all fear. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. So in other words, it's not the technicalities or the do's and the don'ts. It's your faith working through love. You may have, like what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, you may have faith to move mountains, but without love, it is nothing. In the Passion Translation, the same verse when you're placed in the, into the anointed one and joined to him, circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. In fact, I declare people here are going to have unconscious faith. When you understand that God loves you, that Jesus died for you, that he's the one representing you before the Father, that he is your faith, that He is your righteousness, He is your promise, He is your assurance, He is your guarantee. When you see what He has done, you will have perfect faith. You won't even be conscious about it. Because as He is, 
so are you in this world. Amen? Number two, second thing that only the love of God can give you is that only God's love can give you true value. You know, again, people in this world, they equate their self-worth or their value to things that they do, things that they have, things that they have done, things that they have accomplished. You know, they have done, they may have done a lot of things, they may have uh, accumulated a lot of things, but let me tell you this, if it's something other than God's love, let me tell you this, that is dangerous ground. Because things in this world will be shaken, they will be gone. But only these things, uh, these three things will remain, faith, hope, and love. So place your value on something that will forever remain. And the greatest of these is love. Amen. That's why you, if you read the papers, read, go to the internet, you will hear about stories about millionaires, people who had it all, committing suicide just because of, you know, they lost money in the stock market or they lost uh, a contract or they're no longer famous because they place their value on something other than God's love. And let me tell you this, if you're here and you feel depressed, you feel like you don't have any worth in life, let me tell you, you're in the right place because God is reminding you that your value is dependent on how much He has paid for you. And He has paid for you with His own blood. That's the most precious blood in the whole of creation. Let me give you an example. The value of a thing is determined by the amount a person, people are willing to pay for that thing. Like, for example, which is more useful? You know, let's just talk practical here. Uh, a chair or a diamond? Which is more useful, huh? Useful. In terms of usefulness, which is more useful? Okay, in case you don't know, the answer is chair. Because you're using that right now. If I tell you to sit on your diamond ring, are you going to do that? No. You're sitting on a chair right now. That is more useful. But which is more expensive? Diamonds. Right. Why? Because people are willing to pay a premium, a huge premium for diamonds. They're not willing to pay huge premium for for a chair. And sometimes it's not the raw materials that determine, in fact, a lot of times, it's not the raw material that determine the total cost of raw materials. They don't determine the cost of the final product. Like for example, are you willing to pay 1,000 pesos for a crumpled piece of paper? No. But what if I tell you that contains the winning lotto number? <laughs> Are you going to pay 1,000 pesos? Yes. Come on. It's interactive. I'm, uh, it's good for us to, to communicate. Yes, because they see the value of a thing. But, um, and, but you know, the value of a thing, like for example, the diamond, 
it doesn't lose its value when it's in the mud, right? Because it's still a diamond. But the value of that fluctuates also. When will that be? Like, for example, a diamond ring. If you're in Manila, that diamond ring is expensive, like 50,000, 70,000. But what if you're in the desert and you're dying of thirst and you have no water? And if someone offers you a choice, a glass of water or a diamond ring, which would you choose? Glass of water. Because the diamond ring will not help you in that situation. But the, but the Bible says, even while we were of no use to Him, Christ died for us. He was willing to pay the price, His own blood, so that you can be forgiven, so that you can be together with Him. That's how much He has paid for you. That's how much the price He, has, he was willing to pay for you so that you can be with Him. That's why your value is not determined by your accomplishment or lack of it. Your value is not determined by your position or lack of it. You maybe feel like you may be the world's biggest loser. But let me tell you this. In the eyes of God, you are a winner. You are here for a reason. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy and telling you that you are you're, you're good for nothing. No, Jesus saw the value in you. In fact, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 45 to 6, Jesus is saying this. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold, sold all that he had and bought it. You know, some preachers would say that the pearl of great price is Jesus. And we're the ones who sold, ev we should be selling everything we have, giving everything that we have so that we can acquire that. But I beg to differ because we're not the ones who got lost in the first place. And in the first place, we didn't have anything. But God saw us. God saw you. You are the pearl of great price that the Father was willing to sell everything he had. In fact, he gave everything he had when he gave up his most precious son so that he can win you. That's the value that he has placed on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no wall that he's not willing to break. There's no mountain he's not willing to climb. There's no darkness he's not willing to give light to so that he could be with you, so that you can be with him. That's how much value he's willing to give for you. Amen. Number three, only God's love can give you true victory. Only God's love can give you true victory. You know, everyone in this world will encounter challenges. Jesus said that himself. In this world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. But let me tell you this, only believers, only children of God can experience True victory. In Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 39, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? 
As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You know, no matter how impossible your situation may be, you are going to overcome it through him who loves you. Not in and of your strength, not by your own strength, not by your own talents, not by your own good looks or connections. No, it's going to be through him who loves you. But brother, what about, you know, I was praying for my loved one and he died. Why did God allow that? Or there may be some tragedies that happen in your life, some losses that you encountered. Why did God allow that? Well, let me just remind you, you live in a fallen world and you have the, an enemy. But Jesus Christ gave you authority. And that's why the Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Don't blame God for the things that happened wrong in your life. But I have good news for you. The Bible says, He makes everything work out for the good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. But brother, those who love God, I don't feel like I love God. Well, you love Him because He first loved you. That's why, again, it's very important for us to be established in God's love for us, not in our love for God, because our love for God will always fluctuate. It, when, when we're blessed, we feel like we so love God. We're, we'll do anything for you, God. We'll love you to the ends of the earth. But when challenges come, I don't feel like I love God. But you know what? God's love for you will always be constant, will always be there. Hallelujah. You know, um, I know I said that I'm going to give you five things that only the love of God can give you. And within that, I'm going to give you four things to remember about the love of God that will make you overcome any storm in life. Four things to remember about the love of God that will make you overcome any storm or challenges or lack or situation in life. Are you interested? Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. It's the Holy Spirit who makes real and makes alive the love of God. Because without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I am just speaking words. It's not going to encounter any effect to you. But because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, making His Word come alive in your heart, the love of God is being shed in your heart, I believe, right now. And when you look at all the things that Christ has done for you on the cross, it is the Holy Spirit that makes it come home and makes it real for you. And reading from continuing, because we read Romans 5.5, 5, let's continue Romans 5, 6 to 8. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So number one, God loves you, period. 
regardless of your performance, regardless that you attend church or attend church six times every Sunday, God still loves you. God will always love you. Whether you miss the mark, God loves you. Whether you receive him or not, God loves you. Whether you, you, you pay your tithes, God loves you. Whether you believe it or not, God loves you. Period. There's nothing that you can do that you can make love God more or make him love you less. God's love is always constant. He loves you just as much as he loves his son, Jesus Christ. So if you feel like you're doubting, I don't feel like God loves me. Ask yourself, does the Father love Jesus? Does the Father love Jesus? Well, that's how much the Father loves you. Amen. Next, Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. We shall be saved from wrath through Him. Second point I'm going to make is that God didn't send that storm in your life. God didn't send that trials and tribulations so that he can teach you a lesson. God didn't send that problem because he's angry at you. His wrath is pouring upon you. No. God loves you. He's the one who's going to bring you out of that storm. He didn't send that sickness to teach you a lesson. He didn't take away that loved one so that you can be close to him. No, he died on the cross so that you can have and live the life that he wanted you to live. Amen. Even Job, everyone knows Job. The Job na kawawang Job, not Job's, huh? the blessed Job's. The kawawang Job, eventually he said and admitted, I have uttered things that I did not know of. Eventually he realized that it wasn't God who was at fault. He was being self-righteous. He said, I have heard of you by the hearing of my ear. In other words, the opinions that was formed for him about God, he got it from religion, he got it from culture, that God sends all these problems because, and these troubles in his life because he missed the mark. No. The, the Bible says in jo Job chapter 42, verse 5, I have heard you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. You got to get your doctrine. You got to get to know God through the word. What the word of God? The word alone. Not through religion, not through culture, not even your, with your friends. Or even or what you hear before. Because, you know, we have all these weird perceptions about God because of culture. We think that, you know, uh, there's karma and God is whenever there's... Uh, before, I used to think that I don't want to miss it because God is waiting at the moment of my sin to strike me with lightning. God's not like that. Amen. Next, Romans 5.10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. That means at your very worst, God saved you. At your very worst, God brought you through. How much more now, how much more now that you are in Him will He save you from that impossible situation? How much more now? Before, 
when you were at your worst, what you needed to do was simply believe. And he got you out of that. And now that you are in him, you're in that impossible situation, guess what you need to do? Believe also. Simply believe. For as you have received him, so walk in him. The moment that you receive him, simply by believing. And the moment that you live your life, the Christian life, the God kind of life, is also by believing. That's why the just shall live by faith. It's a relationship thing. It's not something that you have to do because of your performance. It's a life of trust towards your Savior, Jesus Christ, that He is the one living inside of you. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Amen? Hallelujah. Romans 5.11, And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. I believe all of us are going through something. But this verse tells us, number four, to rejoice. Rejoice because even at this very moment, you have God, you have Jesus. At this very moment, you have eternal life. What more can the devil throw at you? What more can the devil bring to you? You already have Jesus in your life. You're already forgiven. You already have him. The God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who died for you, the one who will take care of you, the one who will bring you through that storm. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's go back. Remember, I told you I'm going to give you five things that only the love of God can give you. And number four is that only God's love can give you proof of God's love. What? Only God's love can give you proof of God's love. Well, because God's love is not of this earth. You have to see His love that is outside of this world, which is in the Word of God. How do you really know that God loves you? It is beyond feelings. It is beyond emotions. It is beyond what you see in the natural. How do you really know without a doubt, in spite of the symptoms in your body, the aches and the pains, in spite of what you hear outside, the rejections, in spite of what you think, of the bills you need to pay, of the debts piling up, how do you really know without a doubt that God loves you? The answer is through the cross. In Romans chapter 5, verse 7 to 8, in the Passion Translation, Now who of us would dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person. But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. How do you know that God really loves you? Well, if you can believe that you are saved, then you can believe that God loves you. If you can believe in your life of eternity, that your eternity is secured, how you can definitely be sure of your, of your moment day to day. Amen? And let me just uh, remind you, because 
a lot of times we, re- we need to be reminded of just how truly blessed we are. Because, you know, when we encounter challenges, sometimes we forget how, how much God has already blessed us with. And this is a true story, and uh, some of you probably know Christine Kane. Christine Kane, right? Anyone knows who Christine Kane is? Yeah. Christine Kane, for those of you who don't know her, she's a world-famous speaker, gospel preacher, um, uh, trainer, and she's very famous because of her uh, leadership skills and um, giving uh, inspiration to people. One time, she was at a conference, a leadership conference, uh, somewhere in Thailand, and then she was teaching about leadership. And then a group of people from a nation that I'm not going to mention because these people are from an underground church, okay, where it's prohibited and bawal ang Christianity doon. And they approached approach her and said, Sister Christine, we are so blessed by what we've been hearing because we don't know about this. We don't know we're so privilege that we can get to hear about leadership, about these things that you're sharing with us. Can you please pray for us? And then Christine Kane asked them, why? Um, what is it that you do? Where are you from? Well, from this nation and we're an underground church and the only thing that we know how to do and what we tell our workers and our leaders, only one thing, what is that? how to witness to the one who is about to cut your head off. Christine Kane was shocked. Here of us, in America, and even in the Philippines, we know that God loves us. We know that God's will for us to prosper and to be blessed and to be healthy. And yet there are some people in nations, they only know that God loves them. And God loves them, knowing that is enough for them to live happy lives. For them, it is a privilege to know. The only thing that they know to do is to witness to people who is about to kill them for their faith. You know, last week we just had VIP, Volunteers Immersion Program. How would you be, how would, I wonder how it's going to be like when you left the fort. The only thing that we're teaching in VIPs, how to witness to the person who's about to kill you. You lang ang tinuturo sa VIP and Zoe class. How to witness, you know, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Let's say I open up an altar call. Anyone who here believes in Jesus Christ? Yes, praise the Lord. After this, I'm going to share to you how to witness to the people who's going to kill you for your faith. Sometimes we just forget how blessed we are. The only real evidence that God loves you is the cross. And that is more than enough. Amen. Lastly, only God's love can make you know God's nature. It's not religion, not culture, not your friends, not tradition. Only God's love can make you know God's nature. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 9, 
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. He who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Will love try to kill you just because you committed a mistake? No, that's religion. Will love put cancer on you so that he can teach you a lesson? No, that's religion. Will love abandon you? Will love forsake you? Will love just allow you to die and not be able to pay for your bills because you missed the mark somewhere? No, that's religion. That's why I'm going to read the love chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 48 in the Amplified Classic. And I took the liberty of replacing the word love with God. And let's see how it goes. Verse 4, God endures long and is patient and kind. God never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. God is not boastful or vainglorious. God does not display himself haughtily. God is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. God is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. God does not insist on its own rights or its own way. He's a gentleman. He will not force himself on you. For he is not self-seeking. He is not touchy or fretful or resentful. Hindi siya matampuhin. Hindi siya nagtatago ng sama ng loob. Hindi siya nagbibilang ng mga kasalanan na nagawa mo. God takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. He is slow to anger. That's why when you receive His forgiveness, He remembers your sin no more forever. God does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. He danced when His disciples learned the kingdom principles of casting out devils. Jesus danced and rejoiced and said, Rejoice! Not because He can cast out devils, but because your names are written in the book of life. God bears up under anything and everything that comes. Jesus being the love of God personified. For the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross, despising the shame. God is ever ready to believe the best in every person. He knows that one day, one day as He is on the cross, Jesus is looking at you. This day, right now, one day, with no guarantees because of free will, one day you will be able to receive Him as your Lord and Savior so that you and Him can be finally united again. So that you will have no qualms of coming before Him and receiving Him and praying Him and having a relationship with the Father, Daddy God. Daddy God, that was His motivation for allowing Himself to be hung on the cross. But there's no guarantees because it will always be your choice. But it's okay with Him. It's okay with Him because it's a chance that He's willing to take. 
its hopes, God's hopes, are faithless under all circumstances. His hopes are faithless. He doesn't. Hindi siya nawawala ng loob. He doesn't get discouraged. Because he knows as he continues to pursue you, he continues to encourage you, you continue to hear about his love, you continue to hear about his word, you continue to hear about the message of Jesus Christ, you will finally get it. You will finally understand that he loves you, that there is nothing that he is willing to withhold from you. It's nothing that he withheld so that you can receive him, so that you can be with him. It's all worth it. He knows that you are worth it. He knows that you are worth it. Because He loves you. That's true love, my friends. That's why He's inviting you not to harden your heart. And even in the midst of your failure and your sin, He believes the best in you. He reminds you that He is, you are righteous, my son. You are righteous, my daughter. That's not who you are. What you do is not who you are. Who you are is who I made you to be righteous and holy before my sight and God endures everything without weakening that's why he's inviting you to receive that love because your love for him will always fail but God's love will never fail amen let me ask everyone to close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm going to issue an invitation for people here who have not yet received God's love. And that's Jesus Christ. God brought you here. And maybe for those some of you who have already received Jesus before, but somewhere along the way you missed it somehow. Let me tell you this. God is not angry. God is not mad at you. He loves you. And this is your time to rededicate your life. And for those of you who have not yet received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, this is the right time. No religion, no human performance can save you. Only Jesus saves you. All you need to do is simply confess with your mouth and believe your, with your heart and you will be saved. So I'm going to count to three. And on three, lift up your hand and me and the congregation will pray alongside with you. Is that good? Number one, Jesus Christ loves you. Number two, Jesus Christ died for you. Number three, He has brought you here for that purpose so that you can finally receive Him and be united with Him once more. If that's you, lift up your hand and we're going to pray. Anyone here who's going to wants to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, lift up your hand. Be bold. Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. I see that hand, brother. You put, can put that, uh, that hand right now. Maybe there are some of you who are lifting your hands in the fourth floor. Maybe in Facebook, I can see that hand, sir. Thank you for that hand. You're not lifting your hand towards me. You're lifting your hand towards God. So congregation, let's pray and usher in these people who are going to receive Jesus for the first time in their lives. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross and pay for all my sins. 
with this most precious blood. Jesus, I invite you in. Be my Lord and be my Savior. And from now on, I am forgiven. I am now saved. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifetheford.com.